0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC and to help me run through those headlines I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Matt Addison. Matt, how are you?
0: Yeah, really good My mate, had a decent weekend in in some warm weather despite it being a a very different Easter weekend to, to what we normally have but yeah back and and
1: ready to go. Good to hear. It is nearly five weeks since Liverpool last played and given the situation in England at the moment, it's going to take a little longer yet until we see the football return in this country. I'd say rightly so too, but like any other business, football does have to plan and prepare for the future however best it can. And we'll start today with a story that's in the Daily Mail, Matt. Yeah, the
0: the Daily Mail reporting today that, that many Premier League football clubs are Preparing to return to training in around a month or so time so you know the, the the timeline at this moment in time appears to be that by the end of May perhaps you know clubs will be back in, in group training you know obviously they can't at the minute because of social distancing but the expectation is that they'll be allowed back training together by the end of May and potentially you know then having a, a couple of weeks of pre-season and beginning the season again and in the middle of June so We've seen various different ideas over the last few days of well, the, the last few weeks, even of, of how football could resume, and, and this seems to be the most likely scenario at this moment in time. I think it's it's interesting as well that you know the, the players have been told they need to be ready to resume training at, at 48 hours' notice. So you know the, these decisions are, are going to be made quickly. It's, it's not something we're going to know a long time in advance, and you know the, the, they've told foreign players as well, you know, make sure you don't leave the UK just in case you can't get back because of that that short turnaround so, yeah it it seems like the players have been told now to to get themselves fit accordingly, you know it's not going to be imminent, it's not going to be in the next couple of weeks or anything like that, but the aim appears to be for for football to come back, possibly within six or seven weeks um, given the fact that you know teams will be training together again in about four weeks' time, five weeks' time, then have one or two weeks of of a sort of mini pre-season to get the players back up to scratch again, Um, and then potentially have a sort of intense six-week period from the middle of June to the end of July, where all of the, the league games, obviously we know Liverpool are on the verge of winning the Premier League title, but then you've got the Champions League, the Europa League places, the relegation places, and you know, even those places in the middle, there's a couple of million pounds of prize money between you know each of each of the places in the Premier League. So, look, it's important that, that these games get done. It, it, you know, obviously we we always knew that that they would get done at some stage or other. But you know, at this stage, it, it seems like this is the most likely plan, the most likely timescale, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed, we get football back by sort of six or seven weeks time.
1: Most definitely. We may learn more on Friday of this week because there is another Premier League shareholders meeting and if there is any news coming out from that meeting, we'll have all of it on the Blood Red podcast and Blood Red YouTube channels, along with the Liverpool Echo website, obviously. Uh, so a case of watch this space, but it doesn't. one thing that doesn't seem in doubt, I should say, is the future of young midfielder Curtis Jones. The Liverpool Echo sister paper, The Mirror, have outlined the club's stance on Curtis, following some comments made by the former Leeds United defender, Danny Mills.
0: Yeah, some uh, some intriguing comments, I think, from Danny Mills, who, who's basically said that Curtis Jones has to leave Liverpool over the summer and, and go out on loan somewhere, or, you know, he doesn't specify that specifically, but I assume he, he wouldn't want Liverpool to sell him. And, you know, his sort of reasoning behind that is, you know, he doesn't want Curtis Jones to damage himself, um, which I think is uh, an interesting way of putting it, to say the least. And, yeah, his basic point is that, that Jones doesn't, you know, he's not in a position where he can afford to be on the bench or he can afford to be playing for the under-23s. He needs to be playing regular, senior men's football, which you know, I think that on its own is, is a fair point, but to suggest that you know he has to leave in order to get that, I'm not too sure whether that's true. I think Adam Alana and Dervin and Chikiri are both probably going to leave this summer and well, there's all sorts of, of uncertainty over you know when the transfer window will take place and that sort of thing because of of the pandemic that's going on at the moment but you know everything points to, to those two players probably leaving the club at the end of this season whenever that might you know might be so I think look Curtis Jones is in a position where he's he's played a fair few times this season he's made his Premier League debut now coming off the bench I think at Bournemouth wasn't it um, A penny on the, on, on um, Adam Lallana's replacement because you know he could quite easily come in and and play a similar number number of games of of what Lallana's played this season. So yeah, to, to suggest that he needs to move on, I think is probably a, a little bit misguided. I think Curtis Jones is is further down his development than than what Danny Mills appears to think, and I think he's he's more than ready to come in. And, but you only have to look at, at Liverpool's title rivals, Manchester City, for. An example for for Curtis Jones to follow, and, and that being Phil Foden. Of course, for years people have said he's he's got to move on, he's got to go and play regular football somewhere else. He hasn't. He's stuck around, and, and obviously with David Silva leaving the club this summer, I think he's going to step up and, and play more minutes next season. You know, I can, I can see the exact same scenario with, with Curtis Jones. To be honest, with a couple of senior players moving on from Liverpool, and, but from from what we know and, and from what we've been told. Curtis Jones is, is primed, ready to, to step up and, and Jurgen Klopp is a, a big fan of him. So I'd be very surprised if, if Danny Mills' comments come true and, and Curtis Jones does leave Liverpool over the summer. But uh, yeah, I think ultimately the decision will come down to the player himself and look it would be a big surprise if he chose to go
1: somewhere else. It would indeed. We'll stay with Miller for our third story, which quotes a Liverpool legend about a player whose decision to leave Liverpool... Uh, two and a half years ago presented him from becoming an Anfield legend if you can fill us in in this one Matt
0: Yeah that man Felipe Coutinho again Phil Thompson this time as you say saying that Liverpool should re-sign the Brazilian he's called him a genius and he says he's a a terrific player which those are two statements that I find it really hard to to disagree with to be honest but um, yeah look the decision comes down to the, the club and it comes down to Jurgen Klopp and I think Liverpool have moved on. I think they've won, obviously, the Champions League. They're on the verge of winning the Premier League without Coutinho And look, the, the way that he forced his way out of the club, you know, it, it did leave a sour taste for, for those at the club and, and for the players. You know, obviously, he's still got a lot of friends in Liverpool and that sort of thing. But, you know, the, the chances of, of Liverpool going back in and, and paying still big money, I mean, you know, it would be a cut price. Fee compared to the 143 million that, that Liverpool got for him, you know, I, I'd be surprised if Barcelona got even half that amount this summer. But you know, even if it was 50, 60 million euros, it would still be a significant amount of, of money to invest in somebody who's 28 this year. I Just think that, you know, time has moved on. Liverpool have moved on, and as much as Coutinho is a, a fantastic player, he's, he's one of one of my favourite players, to be honest, in, in just the way that he plays. I absolutely love to watch him. I think he's a fantastic footballer, and as much as it's really come off the rails, if you like, since he left Liverpool, as much as he probably regrets the fact that he's left Anfield and, and it's not worked out elsewhere, you know, it's it's just one of those deals that you know several fans, of course, will, will want to happen. Obviously, Phil Thompson has, has now said that he wants that to happen as well. But I think the, the chances of it actually coming off and, and the chances of, of us seeing Coutinho in a Liverpool shirt again. Very,
1: very unlikely. Can't argue with that, but I suppose the ultimate decision rests with Jurgen Klopp. And speaking of the Liverpool manager, just to round up, he has been speaking to Liverpool's official website while in lockdown, along with the rest of us. Uh, what he's had to say is really, really interesting. and he's, It's all been reported on the Liverpool Echo website if you want to check that out. But if you can just sum up his words for listeners who haven't had a chance to read them yet, Matt.
0: Yeah, some some interesting comments. It's uh, a bit of a, a reminder that, that footballers and you know, managers are are just in the exact same boat as everyone else at the moment in terms of you know, social interaction is is very much off the cards between you know households and that sort of thing at the moment. So, yeah, obviously we've seen uh, lots of Liverpool players on Zoom and on Facetime and, and things like that doing online sessions to keep everyone involved. And yeah, it seems that, that Jurgen Klopp is big fan of those and and the squad are as well because it's it sort of allows them to to keep in communication and and keep everyone involved and make sure everyone knows what they're doing fitness wise as well it's important you know we've seen them sort of do group yoga sessions and and things like that led by Andreas Kornmeier the the fitness coach Um, Mona Nemma as well I believe has, has been sort of doing teaching cooking lessons and, and things like that to, to show them how to to do their the food and that sort of thing so yeah Jurgen crop basically makes the point that you know technology has allowed not just the football club but society as a whole really to, to cope with this pandemic much better than than what would have been the case in previous season uh, or previous decades and, and things like that so yeah it, it's one of those where you know we sort of are using that in our daily life. You know, we're using Skype and, and things like that to to record podcasts and, and people are, are using Zoom and apps like that to keep in contact with family and things like that. But uh, yeah, footballers are no different and one of the, the big things this week has been obviously it was Stadio Mane's birthday on Friday. Um, and as is customary at Melwood singing happy birthday in in the various different languages that uh, are in the squad. So they, they did that via via Zoom on Friday and yeah, the, the video is out there somewhere if, if people want to catch up on that. So, yeah, plenty of, of good stories and plenty of, of good things that have come out of the technology. And, and just a, a final quick point that Jürgen yeah, Klopp makes in that interview is both Adam Lallana and, and Pep Linders have, have both shaved their heads in, in recent times. Obviously, <laughs> no trips to the barbers for the time being, but, uh, yeah, no mention of, of whether or not he'll do it. And to be honest, I'm, I'm with him. I think I'm, I'm prepared to, to let my hair grow out a little bit more before I... Uh, resort to those
1: last (laughs) things. I look forward to seeing that on the the Blood Red. Podcast On Monday and Fridays Which we do film <laughs> I'm glad I'm not on it But it that way I think my hair's going to get pretty unruly fairly fast Thanks Matt very much for joining us uh, Just before we go We will finish by mentioning four games That took place on this day In years gone by and, and as I say, what games these were In 2009 Liverpool drew A remarkable Champions League quarterfinal tie Second leg tie 4-4 at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea Which they, meant when, where they went down fighting 7-5 on aggregate you fast-forward 10 years later to last season and the same two sides met at Anfield with Mohamed Salah scoring an absolute wonder goal to help title-chasing Liverpool to a 2-0 win. Then on this date in 2012, what a match this was. Luis Suarez and Andy Carroll scored as Liverpool beat Everton 2-1 in the FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley. And if you think that was good, what happened four day, four years later, I should say, On this date in 2016, Liverpool produced one of their greatest European comebacks when they beat Borussia Dortmund 4-3 at Anfield to book their place in the Europa League semi-finals. We will have more on that match later today on the Blood Red podcast channel and on the Blood Red YouTube video channel. Matt, you may be joining Guy Clark on that podcast. We're not exactly sure of the lineup just yet. But if you're not, mate, just a little talk about what was a truly classic game, wasn't it? 4-3 against Dortmund.
0: Yeah, one of those big European nights. Of course, Liverpool have had so many of those, but you know, so important really in, in Jurgen Klopp's development with this Liverpool team. I think you know all the, the circumstances around it, and you know, the, the you'll never walk alone at the start. The, the emotion that was there in that, and, and then the, the quality of the goals and that sort of thing, and, and then of course you know the, the comeback and the, the way that Liverpool fought back and. And never gave up. It was one of those steps, really, on the journey. When you think of Liverpool winning the Champions League last season, you know, would they have come back against Barcelona if they hadn't had nights like Borussia Dortmund in the past? Perhaps not. So it was, uh, you know, it, it was a huge game. Of course, with it being Jurgen Klopp's former club, but it was also a huge game with, you know, just the, the development of this Liverpool team. And you know, it, it's easier to say that now, of course, with you know the, the benefit of hindsight, the fact that they've gone on and, and won the biggest. Surprised of them all, but uh, yeah, even at the time it was uh, a huge game and yeah, one that uh, whoever is on the podcast later, I'm sure we'll have a great time talking about. And it should, should make for a great podcast for, for people to tune into as
1: well. It certainly will. Please do check that out later today, wherever you get your Blood Red podcast. And as I say, do get a chance to check out our YouTube video channel. It's called Blood Red Liverpool FC. You can subscribe, you can watch, there's loads of content on there. But for now, thank you very much for joining me and Matt, and have a good day.